Society has a lot to say about what men are and what they should be. But what does God say about all of this? The Rock Podcast with Dennis is a place where discussions arise about fatherhood, the struggles of manhood, living a life of integrity, character building, which are all based off of biblical principles for practical application. So sit back and experience 30 minutes of The Rock Podcast with Dennis. Real talk with real men. Hey, this is Dennis of the Rob Podcast coming at you once again. What's going on, y'all? What's up? What's up? Hey, this is this will probably be my last podcast of the year. And I just wanted to get it in right quick, y'all. Just just wanna uh we're going into the Christmas season. And um I wanted to get more, I want to dig more into this vulnerability with men. And so during the season uh you got <clears throat> this is this you know we got a thing called uh i think it's a it's a thing it's called seasonal um what is it called seasonal like a seasonal blues sort of sort of thing that goes through that that men go well i'm gonna say men but people go through because um it, that's just what the holidays bring you know you may think about a lot a loved one that you lost i know i think about my dad who passed on five years ago I think about him, think about my uncle, I believe, you know, uh, think about him at times. He's another father figure in my life. But I just think about people that passed on during this time. And you, 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 you thank God for your blessings, but you miss them. It's genuine. You know, they're in heaven, but you miss them genuinely. But, you know, you know, uh, I just want to get more into this because the last podcast we talked about, uh, you know, how, how men, you know, have a problem with being vulnerable and everything. And I want to dig more into that. Um, I wanted to say, you know, in talking about, uh, you know, how a lot of men are is we we um, we need to be provided a safe place where we could talk, you know, and and just be cool, just be just be just be uh, cool because you, you be cool because you know you talk to your average brother, man, a brother gonna sit back and say you ask him what what's what's going on with you what's 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 up with you how you doing I'm doing good all all, all everybody do the the uh, my, my wife good, kids good, cat good, dog good. They're going to tell you everything good. But deep down inside, they're dealing with something. Now, what I'm not saying is is that you got to always de- be dealing with problems. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's okay to not be okay. But it's okay to be okay. It's okay to have, you know, them updates. I, you know, I believe I, I I have more updates than I do have, I have bad days. You know, I, you know, it's okay to have updates. It's okay to have bad days. It's okay. Because that doesn't make you less of a person. I've heard people say, you know, I'll never have a bad day. I think I say, you're lying through your teeth. I'm sorry. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you're human. You're going to, you're going to deal with some kind of emotional, some kind of emotional something. And, but, but the thing is, is how you deal with the emotion. It's how you deal with the bad day. It's how you deal with it. Cause the Bible says in, in Nehemiah 8, 10, it says the joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if your joy if your strength is in your joy, in, in the Lord's joy, He's going to strengthen you to to go past the problem or go past and how to deal and be in the midst of that and learn how to, you know, not to not to not let the problem overtake you. You know, you you take you you take you you take you, you dominate that, and you still walk in His joy. So you don't don't I I can't stand when people say I'll never have a bad day. I said you're lying through your teeth. Because you have you have your bad day. It's okay to have it's okay to not have a bad day, but it's how you handle it. 
You know what I mean? So um, what I wanted to to really get into today is more more of being a brother being vulnerable and talk about the myths and, and why it's like that. It, it, it's, it's cultural. I, I was listening to a, a Mike Todd uh, message and they talked about how um, how we've been trained to to how how we've been trained. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. How we've been like you know uh, trained to to not to not be real, and how a lot of times where you know we have we have our children, we have our our kids, and then you know and how we make excuses for our kids and not take fault in what they're doing. I'm telling you, man, I talked to, I talked to, 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 to some, some people and they blame their kids. They don't take no responsibility for what some people that I know, uh, no, I'm, I'm not saying cult, you know, I ain't gonna say I know them, but people I've come across some people, sometimes they, they don't take it. They don't take responsibility for what they do with the kids, how the kids turn out. Now I will tell you this, and I want to, want to put this out here. When you're raising your children, I got three. I got three kids that I'm that I'm raising. I'm you're gonna continue to, you know what I hear. You're gonna the kids gonna always need you, you know, and they, you're always gonna continue to raise your kids. But they, you, you get to the place where they start walking on their own and start making all decisions. You got to realize this: as your kid, as your child gets older, you cannot control what your kids do. Let me, I'm going to let that sit right there. You cannot control what they do. You can influence what they do. You can influence their decisions, but they got to make their own decisions. They got to make them. And we don't tell how, how, how we, how we raise our children. And I'm on, on, God just got me going this way. How you raise your children. You, you, you don't, you don't make them do something. Now, you know, you, it's certain things that you, that you, there's certain rules that you follow, you follow in the house and certain things that you do, you know, put before them for them to go by and, and, and lead by example. But the thing is, the only thing you, the only thing you can do is, is live it before them so they can see it. Because what I realized, man, is that your children, you can tell your children to you blue in the face how to live this life. They will not believe you. They believe their friends over believing what you say, or they believe a social media post over what you say, or they believe what a YouTube short says over what you say. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. And so, but the thing is, okay, I just say, you know, I let life, I let life teach you that. But in that, in them learning about life, you're praying that God or the foundation that you put in them, they tap into that foundation and the decision that they make it will come back up. They regurgitate, regurgitate that back up when they're in that, deci- in that situation. And sometimes, man, you think about it, man, as all of us have learned, you got to follow your butt in order to learn the lesson. How do you learn a lot of the things that you learn through? You follow your butt. You follow your tail. You follow your tail and you learn by life examples. Life is the best teacher. Now, we got the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. For those you know that know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you and the, and I'm, again, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I, I I highly recommend that you have him in your life because he not only saves you but he becomes your Lord and he leads and guides. Woo, I'm about to preach a good word right there, but but that's he's he's the one that teaches and guides. 
But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that you gotta let the you you gotta and people don't want to hear this. You gotta let the, you gotta let your kids walk their own path. All three of my kids are different. Now I got I got I got my my baby. I got my two my my my, my younger kids, but my I got an 18 year old son in my house. He's learning by example. He's his eyes are open. Like look. I'm starting to see what you're talking about. <laughs> I was starting, starting to see, but he has to walk out his own path. Will I be there with him? I'm there with him every step of the way. But he has to live his life for him, not for me. He has to he has to learn learn how to hear from God for him, not for me. You know what I mean? He has to learn how to make decisions on his make how to make decisions on his own based on what God gave me to give to him. God told me a long time ago. He said, "Your job is to equip them." My job is to keep them. He said, "My your job is your job is to equip them, Dennis. Well, what I give you to equip them with, your job is to equip them. My job is to keep them. So you got to lay your children at your feet, at, at, at the feet of Jesus. You got to lay, you got to give them to God because you gonna they, you, they, your kids may be doing something you you know you, you're totally dis, you totally disagree with, but that's their life. You cannot control your kids. The thing is, when you do, we, we call a helicopter." helicopter parenting when you you do a helicopter parenting what you do is you're damaging that kid because what you're doing is you're not allowing them to make decisions because they're always looking back at you and saying is this right and then and then you're they they need they they gotta learn how to fall to get back up they learn how to get back up the bible says a righteous man falls seven times but he rises again that's proverbs 24 16 they gotta learn how to get back up but when you always picking them up, then they don't know how to get back up. Now you do, you do at times pick your kids up, but sometimes they got, they got to learn how to get up. They got to learn how to push themselves off the ground, use them legs, get up and walk. You gotta, you gotta let them walk it out. It, you know, I remember when my, my, um, my, my, my oldest boy was having tr- trouble with math and trouble with school a little bit. Uh, and we used to always kind of just like, you know, man, you know, he's, you know, I hope he's okay and things of that nature. He had it really hard, man, uh, during the pandemic. He had it really hard. He had it really hard. I'm proud of him. He's, God has really brought him out a lot of great things. A lot of, a lot of, it's like a lot, not, a, not the things are great, but he's brought up through some really dark times to be ways that day. I'm just, I'm just so proud of him. And, um, and so, uh, is, is that a place, man? He has learned how to hear from God, learn how to not be anxious, learn how to, to be at peace and he learned how to just walk i said let him walk it out but he got he has to learn how to walk it out i can't risk um if he need me i'm there but i can't be a helicopter parent all in his business he has to learn now i'm here to be in his business in terms of where he's at because he's under my spiritual authority but i'm um but but in terms of him making the decision i have to know that what i put in him that god gave me to put in him i gotta trust that god's gonna take care of him i can't worry about him can't worry about none of my kids. Can't do that. I gotta, I gotta trust God. Say, God, you're gonna take care of my kids. I'm here if they need me, but at the same time, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry. I'm not gonna try not to worry about them. Uh, yeah, I'm do you, you that worrier don't stop. But at the same time, I, I feel better knowing that God is he there in God's hands as opposed to me trying to be physically there and be in all of their business. So. I don't know why I was led to go there, but I had to go there. But, but man, you know, one thing I'm learning about, you know, going through this season is that you got to be around a supportive cast. 
You got to be around people that truly love you. You got to be around people that, that really support you. And I'm just going to keep it 100. Um, oops. I'm going to keep it 100. Um, at times this year, I've, I've been depressed. I, I've held, I've dealt with, you know, being down. But I got a supportive cast. I got First of all, I got a wonderful wife. She's just the bomb. She's just, I love my wife. 22 years. If you want to listen to our podcast, call, call, call Better Together with Dennis and Lonnie C. We are on YouTube and we are on Apple and iHeartRadio, things like that. Um, but I will tell you, man, I got a wonderful wife. She's she's awesome. I'm not leaving my wife for nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love my wife. She's a, she's an awesome wife, awesome awesome woman, awesome awesome mother, awesome wife. She just she's just a bomb. She's just a bomb. I love her. My proverbs. That's my proverbs. to do a woman. Um, but it, at times I've been down, and I've been down about things, and I've been you know we're we going through a transition right now. Uh, you know, in terms of just what God wants us to be at. And, you know, we moved around quite a bit uh, from Michigan to, to, to Texas, Texas to Georgia, Georgia to here. And so we're still, we're going, we're, we're, we're here to stay in, in, in Alabama, uh, but it's just, we're going through a transition. And so um, we just, we just know God got something planned and got something new that he's going to have us walk into. And we just, transitions don't always feel good. Transitions are always, it's where God is at and what, and see people tend to, and I, I heard Steve Furtick say this a long time ago, what happens is, is what we do. We trend, we tend to, to we, we tend to associate and, and say comfortability is with God and uncomfortability is with the devil. I would say is that it's, 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 it's the other way around. Satan wants you comfortable so you won't move. God wants you uncomfortable so you can move. Cause moving sometimes is uncomfortable. It's it's been uncomfortable for me and my wife, you know, and the kids. But we had a place where we're we're not going to we're rooted here, but we're going through a transition, uh, you know, and I'm not gonna go into it, just a transition where we're hearing from God for the next move. And so we just we're we're just, you know, really, you know, hearing from God. And so, and what does that have to do with vulnerability, Dennis? I'm being vulnerable with you right now <laughs> to let you know that we're going through a transition. And so just just keep us in your prayers. Uh, I pray for you, God, for your brothers as well. Uh, you know, we're just going through a transition. And sometimes I doubt I'm, I'm going to be very transparent. Sometimes I, I, I doubt about, you know, am I hearing from God for the right things? Am I leading my family right? I'm going to tell you something, man, about anybody that's leading their families. It's always going to be doubt to be there. Satan always trying to cast doubt and say, man, are you know, you just you ain't doing this the right way. You're not a good father. You're not a good mother. I mean, you're not a good father. You're not a good husband. They tell you, he'll tell you that in a heartbeat. But it's up to you to, to block those thoughts. I know I'm a good father. I know I'm a, I know I'm a good husband, and I'm a good man. But sometimes you doubt when you hit rough patches, and those rough patches are transitions that God is trying to bring you closer to something. He's trying to do something in you, and it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And sometimes in being uncomfortable, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, you know, and so when I, when I, when I realize is that if I'm too comfortable, then I need, I need, I need to really hear from God because I shouldn't be this comfortable. And I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't have a place of rest and you shouldn't be at a place of peace. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it should be, gosh, God is always challenging us to do better. And I'm not talking about having a workspace mentality. I'm not saying, you know, I got to do something to, to get from God. I got to pray 20 times a day or 20 hours in one day. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that in your place of rest, 
God is always speaking to you. And I and I think I heard somebody say this, and I was like, wow. They said God is God don't God is not always talking. God is not a chatterbox. Uh, I I I don't think I don't believe that I don't believe God's a chatterbox, but I believe God's always talking. We just have to listen. That's the problem. We don't listen. God's always talking to us about things, but we don't listen to what He has to say because He's telling us what to do. We we don't got our our fine tuning on. So what we do is we look at social media. We look at all this stuff. Look at social media. Look at the news, and we let that distract us from hearing from God. I mean, you know, think about it. Uh, you know, but back in the day, you know, um, you know, back in the day. You know, we didn't have twenty four. You you had round the clock, round the clock news like you do now. Like back in the day, you had the the, the TV clip. It, it shut off at midnight, and you hear that da 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 da. da. You you hear all and the TV should go off at twelve o'clock. You know, because at that time everybody was asleep. But now, man, they got this news round the clock, social media, and I'm telling you, social media, boy. Is so doggone. It can be toxic because, and I say toxic because you're you're comparing people with a highlight reel, or you're you're talking to people that don't even know who you are. You know what I'm saying? You you, you talk you're talking to people like I had this one person tell me, and I just want this one person tell me one time, and I'm just gonna say this. I had this one person tell me, based on my social media posts, it seemed like I wear my emotion on my sleeve, and I heard that I'm like, well. Really? You don't even know who you ain't. You ain't. You ain't never had a conversation with them before. So I'm just saying that's just an example of people not really knowing who you are, and they make judgments based on social media posts. They make. They make a. They make. They make a decision about how you are based on social media posts. They. 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 They base their life based on how many likes they get on Facebook or how many likes they get on Instagram or TikTok, TikTok and Snapchat and all that stuff. I don't get into Snapchat. But I'm just saying they make their decisions of who they are, their identity based on what's on those social media posts. And they're vulnerable to the wrong thing. They allow they, you know, we're vulnerable to the wrong thing. We tend to get vulnerable to the wrong stuff. You know what I'm saying? When we should be vulnerable to God and be vulnerable to people who we love so we can help others. But being vulnerable is actually a superpower, but that superpower can be misused for something that's worthless, and that's social media. You know what I'm saying? Now, social media is a good tool to get to get to 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 really talk to people and, and really and, and really display, you know, uh, you know, your ministry, your business, you know, things like that, or to just you know talk to people about. And, they, and, and it's a good, it's a good social media was really used during the pandemic because we couldn't. We couldn't go to to, the, to brick and mortar and buildings and stuff, but the thing is, you shouldn't let what other people you should not let a social media presence or influence define who you are. And us as men, we have to not identify who we are based on our accomplishments, based on our accomplishments. Where we should base who we are based on who God says about you. And so you, so at that point, you don't have a problem with you shouldn't have a problem. You then that point when you're when you're growing in your in your your relationship with God, then what happens is God will show you how to be more vulnerable. Who else to show us how vulnerable to be is that is that Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the most vulnerable person on the planet. Matter of fact, they said Moses was the most meek was the meekest man on the planet in his time. And that word meek means somebody who was just like they were just like in the position of silence. They didn't have to always talk. 
they were just they don't have to always talk and prove themselves. It's exhausting trying to prove your position and prove who it's exhausting. And you know, and people will cancel you because you don't talk. People will cancel you because you have you have a thought, or they will cancel you because you have a position. It's okay for me you, to me to for me and you to disagree on something. We we you're not gonna agree you're not gonna agree with me on everything. But if you got a position, I got a position. That's cool. If we can go out to dinner after we talk, that's cool. But it's people out here they will stop being your friend based on your position, based on how you feel about that 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 political party that. Look, I don't claim a political party at all. I'm a, I'm a believer in Christ. I don't, care. I, don't, I don't claim none of that stuff. But what I'm saying is this. We got to stop allowing culture to define who we are. Culture is so toxic. This culture is so toxic. You got to create a culture of healing, a culture of peace, and a culture of love. Gotta, if you create that culture, people going to get healed. People going to be vulnerable. Because you're creating that that culture, you're protecting your peace. You're protecting. You're making a you're making a, a culture of love. You're making you're making a culture of, of non judgmentalism and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, it, and it trips me out. And I'm gonna say this. It trips me out when you know when when certain people judge you based on what you're what you're connected to. You know they judge you based on your affiliation with an organization. You know what I'm saying? They will judge you based on that. And so you know. If 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 you agree, if you don't agree with if you don't agree with me if you don't agree with me being in a fraternity that's fine, but at the same time don't judge and put me down because of because of your position. My first my my Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying the organization don't make me I make the organization, so that's just how it is. So so so, so what I'm saying is. Don't judge me based on my affiliation with this organ- my organization. I am a believer in Christ. I love Jesus, and I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of Promise. Ephesians one three. I think it's Ephesians one one five. I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit of Promise. So God has stamped me with His Holy Spirit. I'm I'm sealed, and I'm and I'm, I'm a, and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives inside of me. Who are you to tell me I'm going to hell because I'm connected to an organization? You can't do that. You can't judge. You can't judge that. Who are you to tell me I don't have a Holy Ghost inside of me because of my of, of my positions and, and things? That's not for you to judge. That's not for you to judge. Now, if you tell me the truth on something, yeah, I'll take it and say, okay, cool. I'll pray about it. But to condemn me and to put me down because of my position? No, brother, it don't work like that. It don't work like that. I'm a seal with the Holy Spirit of promise. I know who I am in Christ. I'm growing in my relationship with him, and he's my Lord and Savior. And I'm, I know where I'm going. That's one thing I ne- that's one thing I never do. I never judge anybody based on their position. <laughs> it's tripped out because my 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 youngest boy, man, he's on fire for God, and he'll say a person who lived a sinful life, he'll say, "Well, they they probably or they died, and they died. They was living a sinful life, and they died." He said, they, 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 "You think they're in hell?" I said, "It's not for me to judge. I can't judge and say a person is in hell. It's not for me to say that." That's not that's not my job to judge and judge somebody's situation. Now, I will say this: if a person continues in a sinful way, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But what I'm saying is, if a person continues on a lifestyle, they do, yeah, they go deal. They're they're going to deal with the consequences that they sow into, and and that's a sinful life. But my job is not is not to condemn them to hell based on you know if I see them living a lifestyle. 
My job is not to hit, condemn them and say they're going to hell. Who am I to say that? I can't tell. I can't say that. That's not even scriptural for me to sit back and say a person's going to hell. The only sin that can get you, that can get you in hell, is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But if you see a person who's who's dealing with a struggle, they live in a life, but they're dealing with a struggle. You pray for them. Everybody got a struggle. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a bishop, apostle, prophet. I don't care who you are. You're dealing with a struggle. You're dealing with a struggle and you need, you, you want somebody that's going to pray for you to, to break you from that struggle. You know what I'm saying? So when you, you got to be, we got to be careful on how we treat people. You know, excuse me, y'all. The thing that I, I'm seeing now and I see it among men and I see it among people too. I'm not going to say men. People are so disconnected right now. And I'm going to say disconnected from the church. Because one thing about the church we tend to do, we tend to do the same thing over and over again and expect the same results. But then we 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 look at numbers, we look at we look at numbers, we look at, you know, you know, how many people got saved in one year and everything and all that stuff. But and let's talk about a personal emotional health. How are they doing emotionally? How are they doing mentally? How how are they doing? Because if they're if they're not emotionally healthy, man, they can they can end up taking their life. And I'm telling you, man, if they if a person to the place where they're and you and, and I'm gonna tell you something, and I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about suicide for a minute because I was once there. I wanted to take my life, you know, and it comes it try to come it try to come around every now and then, but it's it's going in Jesus' name. I'm not I'm not signing that for that package. A person who does not a person what I'm noticing. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. A person who typically talks about they're going to kill themselves, they typically don't kill themselves. The person you got to look out for is the person who's smiling, who's smiling, telling you, telling you everything's okay. But then you see what they're dealing with. They tell you everything's okay. Those are the people you got to be cautious that they're going to run and kill themselves because they want to take their life. They don't want you to stop them. But you know how you stop them? By loving on them. Not judging them, not putting them down for the orientation, not putting them down because of their positions, not putting them down because of what they what they stand for. You know what I'm saying? You love them. Jesus, Jesus was a great example. He loved people out of their sin. He loved people out of other situations. You got to think about it. I'm going to say this. Jesus called 12 ordinary men to the ministry. One was a task collector. You got one was a doctor, Dr. Luke. But then you had. Of the other ones, they weren't saved. Think about it, they weren't saved. But guess what, too? Guess what, too? You had one that you had one that was a tax collector. You know, tax collectors were considered to be the scum of the earth. Man, they was considered to be dirty. They they stole from they stole. I mean, think about it. When you get taxed on something, you you get ta your taxes, taxes are high. They, the people, you know, in that time they hated tax collectors because they felt like tax collectors were robbing them. They were they were working for the Roman government. So they would come in, you know, collect taxes and everything on people and and all that stuff, and, and they they hated Matthew, you know, because they was a, just a tax collector. That's that. I'm, I'm, I'm basically I'm chosen, but then you got a thief. Now he called a thief to the ministry. He said, "You know what? I'm gonna give you a chance to to because I love you too." He called a thief. The, the The Bible says that he 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 basically he was a treasurer, and he invited himself to that thing daily. So he stole. He not he was a treasurer. He was a treasurer, but he stole from the treasury. Come on now. 
Jesus was giving him a chance too. So how are we, who are we to sit back and, and damn somebody for all eternity because of their lifestyle or the decisions that they make or the fraternity that they connected to or sorority? That's not my job to condemn anybody. My job is not to judge anybody. You know what I'm saying? My job is to love them and to be into love where they at. And where's your heart at? Anything can become an idol. I know people that's a part of ministries. They make their ministry their idol. Oh, it was a guy recently that said recently, he said he put his, he put his, he put, he, he purposely put his wife before, he purposely put his ministry before his wife. Because he's married more to his wife than he is his ministry. I mean, he's more, more married to his ministry than he is his wife. I heard somebody say that recently. You can make anything an idol. I don't want to hear that. You can make anything an idol. <clears throat> anything can become idol. Your ministry, your job, your car, your money, your wife, your, your husband. Anything can, but you can be your idol. You know what I'm saying? But it's up to us to make the decision to say, Jesus, is, he's a sinner of everything. That thing over there, it don't make me who I am. It's, it's a part of my life, but it's not my life. You, you know what I'm saying? Gotta put things in perspective. And I and I, I meant to call this thing about being vulnerable. I'm being vulnerable. So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this vulnerable. I'm gonna keep this one as vulnerability part two. But anyway, thank you so much for listening and know that God loves you and continue to be a work of art that's being that's being authentic, real and transparent, being a work of art according to Ephesians 2 10. He created us, he's he said we are we are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus unto good works foreordained so we may walk in them. I paraphrase that, but you are God's masterpiece. Continue to be real, continue to be authentic, continue to be real, continue to be transparent. And when you do that, God will be able to revolutionize your life, your life for you to be a blessing to so many people. And you can be provided a safe place as well as be a safe place for others. But yes, this is Dennis with the Rob podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. And I thank you so much for being a blessing. And I hope this podcast has blessed your life. This is the last one for the year. Be blessed. And Happy New Year. Oh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this last episode of The Rock Podcast with Dennis. Real talk with real men. Would you like to stay connected with Dennis? Here are his social handles. IG, it is DC3Rising and Facebook, Dennis Crawford III. We hope that you've enjoyed yourself and that you will be back. God bless.